welcome into the Irish NFL show. We are delighted to be joined by not just the current NFL player, but arguably the best safety in the NFL. No bias there as a couple of Broncos fans sitting here, but we're delighted to welcome Justin Simmons to the show. Justin, welcome in, man. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks so much for having me. Justin, it's an honor to have you on uh, the Irish NFL show. Welcome in. Uh, we ask everybody this, whether you're a player or an analyst, Justin, any Irish heritage? Have you ever been to Ireland before? Um, I have not been to Ireland. It is on my bucket list, but um, I do have a little bit of Irish heritage. My mom, I don't know the exact percentage. I want to say like 10, maybe 15%. So I, I have some I have some Irish in me. I think you're going to have to bring your mom to to Ireland to, to do a discovery trip, Justin. And uh, you've got four tour guides now who can uh, show you around. But um, great to, to have you on. Um, I suppose if we take you back a couple of weeks and uh, you're the words, you're the best safety in the league and you're an even better person. That's what George uh, Payton said to you after signing the, the new deal. Uh, you're a winner of the Pop Warner Inspiration to Youth Award, uh, two-time Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee. Can you talk to us a little bit about, you know, what inspires you to be such an incredible leader on and off the field? Yeah, um, it's really just people, uh, youth, and just how I was raised. I mean, those are all the things that um, inspire me. I've seen you know, so many, and, and especially our youth, I, I, you know, I'm just sitting here thinking that um, so many conversations that I had and, and the growth that I've seen um, from, you know, uh, like our youth in general, and just, just the, the, the leadership qualities that I see from, from so many um, young, young boys and girls. And it just like, it, and we're especially talking about off the field stuff. It just makes me want to be a better version of myself, like every single day and like just go to bat every single day to help them achieve the goals that they want to achieve. And so um, it's really not even anything, you know, that I do, but just like, hey, I, you know, I'm, a, I'm just use. I have a temporary platform that is the NFL and I want to make sure I'm stewarding it to the best of my ability so that not that I can, and I'm, of course, I'm going to do everything I can for my family, but not that I can just, you know, just bring only myself and my family up, but I want to make sure that along the way that I'm helping as many as these kids as possible. And it's just so easy to, to go to bat for them and, and to help them reach their dreams and their aspirations every day. And then on the field, um, you know, it's for the same purpose, right? Just for my teammates. Like I see how much work and, and effort, um, you know, my teammates or, or just anyone in general puts in and onto the field. And um, I don't want to be the one that's, you know, letting my, my, my guy next to me down or, or letting the offense down or, you know, letting the special teams down. Um, you know, I want to make sure that if it's up to me, I'm, I'm going to keep raising the bar. Right. And I think, I think that's just like the beauty of the NFL is because um, everyone's athletic, everyone's talented, but at the end of the day, you know, preparation and, and, and mindset are like the two biggest factors into, you know, what really propels, um, you know, individuals, but, but most definitely a team as well. And so I'm just looking forward to building that man with Denver. And I think, I think uh, it's going to be something special here. Justin, we're, we're three weeks away from the draft and as well as the days go on, we see the, the amount of scrutiny that's on each player, the pro days, all the media, the, the hype that comes with 
the day and the night itself. Can you just take us back to your your day, your experience in terms of just the lead up to the draft? Um, did you feel you would have went sooner than the third round? Was there any other team outside of Denver that you felt was, I suppose, close to picking you potentially? Man, I, I honestly, like I'm sitting here thinking back and I had so many meetings with, you know, so many different teams. And I met, I met like GMs, I met head coaches. And um, I'm sitting here thinking like, I don't know when I'm going to go. Like I didn't, you know, I know a bunch of teams, you know, are saying, uh, you know, I played for BC. We didn't have a great year. Our defense is really good. Um, but yeah, you know, yeah, nothing about you really a hundred percent sticks out. I guess we'll see how you do with the combine. And I had a really good combine and then, you know, went to go to a couple of places and try. I just remember that whole process being just like super hectic and just like, honestly, like scary too. Like you just like, you don't know what the future holds. I guess it's a little bit different if you, it, you know, maybe if you're a top guy and you know, you're going, but like, you know, a guy like me, I'm just like, man, I just want a chance to go to training camp and uh, you know, I, I don't really do all these, you know, the, the combine testing and the, and the, you know, the IQ test with the defensive schemes. And I just want to go play football, you know, and I know that's how almost everyone is when they're doing all these combine stuff and they're, you know, they're doing interviews with, with GMs and stuff like that. But, um, you know, a funny inside story with Denver, I talked to Denver one time throughout the whole process. And the last team I expected to go to was the Super Bowl champs, especially after watching you know, what they, what they did to, to Cam and the Panthers after they set like records of offensive, you know, milestones in terms of that season. And the last place I'm thinking I'm going to is Denver, right? Like Darian Stewart, TJ Ward, you know, the whole no fly zone. You got Chris, Bro, Bakib, even, you know, like David, like Brew, like Brew and Judy, like, you know, the guys that are contributing like that, there's no way I'm going to Denver. And uh, I had one, I had one conversation and it was with like, it was just like an area scout or whatever. Like he said, Hey, can you make sure your information is correct? I looked on the sheet. I was like, yep, that all my stuff's right. He goes, okay, thank you. Left. And that was the only conversation I had with Denver. Um, and then, yeah, I, I get that 303 area code and, you know, Mr. Elway's on the other side, you know, John's on the other side and, you know, he has that voice. Hey, Justin, this is John Elway, you know, with the Denver Broncos. And I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, I don't remember the combo after that. So it was just crazy. They, they kept their intentions well hidden then, Justin, even from yourself. So that's a good bit of planning on their part. Um, Justin, it's a bit before your time, but Steve Rogers used to be the $6 million man. Uh, you with your new deal are now the $15 million man setting a new high watermark for uh, average per year for safeties. Now, it's been a few weeks since you signed the deal and look, your players richly deserved that new deal. But I'm just wondering, has it, has it had a chance to sink in now what that, I suppose, financial security means for you, I suppose, not just in taking care of your family, but in how you can take care of others, obviously the Justin Simmons Foundation that you've set up in that regard? Yeah, I think, uh, uh, you know, just so much emotion just over, you know, the, the whole thing. And I think, you know, for myself, it's um, I was just really thankful because I felt like it was um, uh, rewarding and just like just kind of almost put you at ease because you do you do put in so much work. And, you know, at the end of the day, we do know it's a, you know, we know it's a business. And so I was just really thankful for 
for George and the whole Broncos organization for just rewarding me with um, kind of the work and effort I felt like I put in over, you know, the last five years being with Denver. And so, um, you know, it was a situation that I think uh, for the most part, everyone knew eventually was going to happen. I, you know, I made it known I wanted to be in Denver, obviously, um, you know, even before, uh, you know, George got there, you know, John was talking about, um, you know, how much of a priority it is to make sure that, you know, that I was back and I was just echoing, like, I want to be back. And we just know there's, you know, business aspects of, of it that just come with being in the NFL, but um, definitely, definitely like super rewarding. And um, it's just crazy because you always, you know, just at that competitive nature, you're always finding something that's like pushing you to want to be, you know, better and better. And obviously for me, since day one, you know, we're talking about the big contract and is he really the best? We don't know. Um, since day one, I came in with expectations like, yo, Steve Atwater, John Lint, like, I mean, guys from the Orange Crush days all the way up into modern day, there's always been a staple. Um, it seems like in every, you know, every year, every other year, and safety legacy with Denver. And so I've already come into higher expectations than what the world's perspective of, oh, what can this guy do? And so there's no, there's no amount of pressure, um, you know, that I, I don't think is too much to handle because I'm all right. I already came into that door, you know, day one with, you know, TJ and Darian Stewart and then all the amazing safeties that were before them. So I'm just excited to uphold, um, you know, to do my best to uphold the legacy. And I know what type of effort, you know, that means. And even even outside of an individual accolade aspect, you know, just getting back to winning. You know, I know how important that is. And so that's what I'm looking forward to doing and establishing and uh, something that I'm re really be fighting for, um, you know, these next couple of years and especially going into this season. And um, I just know, you know, my family and I are just really thankful um, you know, to be back because this is all we want to know. Justin, obviously, just talking about your family there, congratulations on the, the new arrival coming in the next few months as well. You had a very busy off-season, and one thing that Mark mentioned there was your foundation. You've got it in the background there as well. You do great work with Broncos off-field as well. Could you maybe tell us about your foundation? Because I think for Broncos fans, it was only established last year, and it is still quite new. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I did forget about that, that last part of that question. But no, it, it is. Thank you for asking. It is. Um, it is pretty still brand new. And, you know, just like most things that have been launched within the past, you know, two years or so, um, you know, with the pandemic and everything that's happened, it's just been so hard to really um, execute everything, you know, at the level that you wanted to. And I know the, the launching of the foundation may have seemed, you know, kind of off. It's like, all right, you know, everyone's in quarantine. But by the way, here's the Justice Simmons Foundation and here's what we're doing. Um, and it was weird timing, but it was just it was just at a time that we've we've really been preparing this for the last five years. And the fact that we were finally in a situation where we felt like we were we felt like we were in a good place to launch it, you know, regardless of the circumstances surrounding us, um, we were really thankful for that. And so we lost, we launched the Justin Simmons Foundation. Um, it's almost, it's almost coming up to a year now and, um, man, just m both my wife, Taryn and I's dream to just help our youth. You know, I, I think you guys heard maybe a little bit of how passionate I was about that at the beginning of the zoom call, but man, just helping our youth in any way, shape and form that we can. I want them to 
you know, literally utilize us um, and, the, and our foundation in any way possible. I mean, you know, we have big dreams and big goals. And like I said, all that, all that has to be established once, you know, we kind of hit the ground and hit the ground running, you know, hopefully with the uh, restrictions of the pandemic um, starting to ease up and things in that nature. But, uh, you know, dreams just like whether that's education through sports, um, you know, anything that we can do just to help help our youth reach like equal grounds in terms of things that they want to um, accomplish in life. And we just want to be, uh, you know, assets and helping with that. And I just know that's so important because as a young kid myself, I know how important it is for people to believe and trust in you and to give you the tools um, that you may not have yourself. And, um, you know, I'm only, I'm only where I am today because of the people that have invested into me. And so I know the power of, you know, your words and your time investing into people and into our youth specifically. And that's, that's all my wife and I want to do. And so we're just really looking forward to just the continued growth. And we, we know that this is a, like I keep harping on, you know, a, a weird time for everyone and um, a time that we should all be taking seriously. But at the same time, we want to make sure that we are utilizing, you know, to the best of our abilities, um, everything at our disposal so that we can help our youth you know, like I said, continue to reach the goals that that they have set for themselves. We can hear, I suppose, the, the planning, the preparation and the passion for your off-field work. And I think that bleeds into on-field as well. And what, you've 16 career interceptions to date. And every year since 2017, you've actually increased the number of interceptions every year. What parts of that are instinct, Justin? And, and what parts of that are watching film? Yeah, um, it's honestly, it's honestly a really good combination of both. Um, you know, just like off the top of my head, um, I'm thinking about the, you know, some interceptions that I had, but like the Dolphins one in the end zone against Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, a little bit of that is just almost instinct, right? Like, you know, there are a couple times we got beat um, against the X receiver and one-on-one, -on -one, you know, situations. So, you know, in that in that situation, it's just, you know, almost film study, but it's really instincts. Okay, we talked about this on the sideline, come back in the game and just instinctively react to what you're seeing on the field, you know, take away the X and that's my job. But then instinctively knowing that, okay, if they see me line up there trying to go make a play on the other side of the field and with it being a short field, knowing the ball is going to be zipped over there, you know, you got to go make a play early and just go for it. And, uh, you know, I know that's that huge saying, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take it. Sometimes you just got to take a, a, a shot in order to win a game. And that was one we were fortunate enough to win. And, um, but then there's other, there's other times where it's film study. And I think of the, um, the Patrick Mahomes interception um, when we played at KC. It would have been not this previous season, um, but the one prior. Um, it was the snow game. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about when he, he did like a loop. You know, he, he started off one way, looped back the other way, and then threw it to the front pylon. And um, we watch scramble tape all the time with, with uh, you know, with our coaches and, and other players. And, you know, there's one specific play, I think, that happened earlier on that year when they were playing the 49ers or maybe even the year prior. And we were watching Mahomes scramble tape, and he did the exact same movement, you know, started this way, did a spin move back this way and threw it actually to the back pylon, not the front pylon. Um, but nonetheless, you know, when I saw that movement, my brain automatically in that split second just went to, 
you know, pylon to the sideline. And I just like left where I was supposed to be and just went over there. And that's just another part of film study that, you know, you just pick up on throughout the years. Like just thankful for, you know, Coach Vic, Coach Ed, Kareem, you know, Chris, Akib, Stu, TJ. I mean, those are all things you just pick up on and you just, you learn to um, bring into your own game and you, you learn how to watch film for yourself, but you, you obviously have to know where you get that, um, you know, so you can like compartmentalize everything, but yeah. So a little bit, I'm talking a lot, a little bit of combination of both. I can sit here and talk X's and O's all day, but yeah, combination of both. Justin, last week at the, uh, the, the league meetings, Roger Goodell kind of prioritized filling the grounds up again next season, just in terms of having the stadiums full just in terms of reflecting on the season that's just gone both on and off the field, what was that unusual experience like to be playing st games in empty stadiums, the, the travel that comes with um, the COVID situation and then obviously just the day-to-day -day testing and stuff. Is there any stuff you just, key, I suppose, the key call-outs? Yeah, it was, uh, it was challenging. I mean, obviously for every team, you know, it's not like it was especially challenging for, for Denver, but um, for every team. And I think the teams that have benefited with the same staff and this, you know, almost as much as the same as they had the year prior, I think, um, you know, we saw, or, you know, had that, that set leadership in the locker room. I think that we saw those teams um, almost excel um, throughout the season, but um, you know, just for, for our team in general, um, you know, sometimes it's just unfortunate. I mean, we played a game without a quarterback, um, you know, I think about that all the time. Like it's still surreal, you know, and, and uh, it was just crazy, but I think about everything that, and it, there's a lot, you know, I, I can only imagine, man, I was in my fifth year, you know, last year and I'm, I'm sitting here, like we're in the middle of the week, you know, getting ready to play a game. And we're talking about like, you know, protocols. And this is where, I mean, we spend an extra 30 minutes talking about travel plans now. And when we get to the hotel, you know, you're not even in your same routine to get ready for the game because you got X, Y, Z restrictions. And so um, it was a lot. And then not to mention on game day, um, everyone knows that what makes this game so great is the fact that you have the fans and you hear the booing and the cheering and, you know, you have the opportunity as a player to silence the crowd or make the crowd erupt in your favor. Um, and not having that also was just, I would say, almost like disheartening because you, you you play the game for more reasons than than you know for fans cheering or for or booing against you but you you get you get so used to having it that when it wasn't there it was just like a a, a wake-up moment like man like this I don't know it felt like a scrimmage or you know not even a preseason game um it just it just didn't even feel real at times and I think that for the first couple of games it took a lot of guys to adjust to I know it took myself um, a little bit of adjusting to be able to go from, um, you know, making a big play and not hearing any type of reaction from the crowd and, you know, self-generating, you know, energy and momentum, you know, for your own team and getting, you know, your own team excited about big plays that are happening instead of the crowd and things of that nature. But um, it was definitely a season uh, I'll never forget, you know, one I'll always remember um, just in the regard of like what was going on and how we had to you know, just adjust and, and everyone had to adjust.
Justin, you mentioned that infamous game of playing without a quarterback. That that may have come up for discussion on the Irish NFL show once or twice during the season last year. It's a unique scenario, of course. Um, it's also fascinating listening to you to talk about that rep, you know, the response you get from fans. I always love the old expression, life isn't about the breaths you take, it's about the moments that take your breath away. And I just want to commend you, not only what you do on the field about taking people's breath away, but obviously your contribution to your community and to young people off the field as well, really, I think is uh, commendable uh, in that regard. So fair play to you for, for all of that work. Uh, I do want to bring you to a more prosaic matter, though, which is naturally this year, we're always fascinated a little bit about the not just the X's and O's could listen to you talk about that all night. But the inside part of football, the, the bit behind closed doors sometimes, and some of that, obviously, you alluded to, is the, the contractual stuff and the business of the NFL. This year was a high water mark for safeties. We had three franchises, yourself, Marcus Williams, Marcus May. Uh, you were obviously the only one to get the long-term future sorted out. But, of course, it was your second year under the franchise tag, so a difficult year for you last year. Is there anything that particularly helped move that this year more so that helped you resolve that long-term future deal in a really strange year for football and football contracts uh, more so than maybe the other scenarios? Man. Yeah. I think that's a great question. Um, I think we're, I think we're starting to see um, and and maybe at all, at all positions for the, for the most part, I just think it's cool watching the game evolve kind of almost like before our eyes and, 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 you know, there's still, I think we're, we're starting to see like a, a unique approach, I think. And I think even Vic talked about it, you know, in, in the press conference where, you know, we're back, I, you know, even when he started, you know, being a defensive coordinator, it was just like typical, you know, uh, two running backs, you know, tied in two receivers and, you know, maybe sometimes you substitute an extra tight end. And if you were, you only wanted to go big personnel and run the football or things like that. But you know, now we're starting to see three receivers, you know, a running back, a tight end, and sometimes that tight end's an extra receiver. And so, um, you know, you're on defense, you know, you're going to need, you can't play nickel all game against a really good running team all the time. And so you're going to need, um, you know, safeties that can do a little bit of both, right? And uh, haven't have the, you know, skill set to be able to cover receivers and those tight ends that are receivers, but also, be able to go fit in the run game and to fill, um, you know, run gaps and to hold your own and not even hold your own, but go make plays more times than not. And um, I think that's what, you know, like we're seeing guys like, um, you know, Marcus Williams and Marcus May and, um, you, you know, even Anthony Harris, who I know signed, you know, when you're deal with, with the Eagles and he's a tremendous talent as well. And um, I just think I'm looking at all those guys and, I, you know, I'm looking at, guys around the league and I, I that's the that's the trend that you know I'm seeing guys that are like the almost like do it all type of guys and so um you know in 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 Vic's defense you know that allows um that that allows a little bit more of my skill set to kind of just hey hey you know die diagnose the play what's going on and then put not only myself but like our teammates in the best position possible so that we can execute whatever the offensive formation is being thrown at us. And um, I think that's what you're starting to see kind of all around. I think teams are, are seeing the importance of, you know, the safety position, um, the linebacker position, right? Guys, guys that can do, 
almost do it all at the linebacker spot like Levante David, right? You know, we saw him get that extension as well, but a guy that can, you know, bruise the backs and, and, and fit gaps as a, as a uh, linebacker, but then also cover tight ends like Kelsey, you know, or, you know, whoever else, Kittle or whoever else, you know, is, you know, that receiver tight end type of talent. Um, and I just think that's where, you know, we're starting to see, uh, like the trend of the game going. And I think teams are starting to see the importance of that and, you know, not letting guys like, um, you know, the Marcus Williams and the Marcus Mays walk away because they are, you know, big assets of, uh, as a part of your, you know, passing defense attacking game. And, um, and I just see that, that being the trend, you know, moving forward. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much my two cents on it. Justin, last round of questions from just from all of us. Uh, I'm going to go with this one. As a Broncos fan, George Payton coming in was a big, big breath of fresh air, albeit surprising to think fans and players at the time. But one of the first things he said in his press conference was that he wanted to get in touch with you. What was your impression of George when he gave you a call? Because he really has acted quickly over these last few weeks and months. And from a fan's perspective, it's been impressive. Yeah, I, I was really impressed. Um... You know, and I think what was really impressive on our phone call was like when he called, um, introduced himself as if I didn't know who he was, but introduced himself and um, really just said like how excited he was for the job, um, how excited he was for the, you know, the culture, how excited he was. And then, you know, at the end of it, just said like, you know, I know we can't talk, you know, numbers, contracts, stuff, any of that, but just know, I know you want to be here. We want you here. And I'm just really looking forward to, you know, pretty much like what the future holds. And if you ever need anything, always feel free to give me a call. And he kind of just left it at that. It wasn't, uh, it just wasn't what, what I expected. You know, if I'm getting a call from our new GM, um, it's just not the conversation I expected to have. And it was almost like a fresh, uh, a breath of fresh air because um, he came in and, and just, introduced himself and said, if you ever need anything, call me. And, um, and it, I just left it at that, you know? And so um, I just kind of, I just kind of figured from that conversation that um, I already had an idea of the type of person that, um, you know, George was, and um, that, that was a guy that I just was excited to, you know, work with and to get to know, um, you know, at a, at a, at a, like a deeper level, you know, talking about football. And so when that happened, I just knew like, you know, I, I could, I could just, you could just feel it even over the phone. You could just feel the conversation. Um, like, yeah, this is, this is what, this is, this is what we need. This is what we're going to, you know? And so I was just excited for that. And um, I'm, I still feel that way now, even after being signed and obviously watching all the moves. And I feel like you could tell, um, man, even not being in the building, like just something just feels different. Um, and I'm just excited for that. And I'm, 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 like I said, on the, I said it on my press conference, like, I wish we were, I wish we could start tomorrow because I'm just ready to go, you know, so just excited. Well, that's uh, music to the ears of uh, Broncos country. Definitely. Um, Justin, I suppose it's very obvious that, you know, your faith plays a central role for you. Can you talk to us a, a little bit about that? Yeah, no, I'd love to. My faith is, uh, it's, it's really who I am, you know, through and through. I think um, any part of me, 
um, you know, that is me is just my faith in, in living and experience. And um, I would say even the, even the, you know, not so good parts as well, but I think that's, what's so great about um, faith in general is um, especially in a personal relationship with, with Jesus Christ is like, even through my imperfections, um, it still just leads everyone back to the cross. And I think that's what is just really beautiful about it is um, I don't have to live to a certain expectation or a certain standard. Um, I can just be me. And, and like I said, and through my imperfections, um, I'm still able to lead people to the one that is perfect and the one that laid it all on the line, um, you know, from what I believe uh, for um, just just everything that, you know, we go through in our sins and everything that's going on in, in, in our lives. And so um, I think that's the, that's the most freeing part about it is, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm glad that there's, you know, people out there that, you know, are kids that look up to me as a role model and things in that nature, but I know I'm imperfect. Um, and I know that, you know, without, without our, without my Lord and Savior, without our Lord and Savior, you know, there would be, um, <laughs> yeah, it just wouldn't be, uh, you know, the best. And so um, as, as thankful as I am for kids that look up to me, I know there are going to be times where I disappoint, um, you know, where I let down, uh, where I may say the wrong things, where I may do the wrong things. And even through that, you know, to, to still have that relationship with Christ is all I want to be able to point people back to. And it's just what I grew up on. And um, I've always been the type of guy that um, I'll never beat anyone over the head, like, you know, with my Bible or, you know, bring, bring out Bible verses, this, that, and the other. Um, but it's just so, it's just, it's just so me that it's hard for me not to talk about, um, you know, just hard for me not to talk about it and to bring it up because it is just who I am and it is my life. And it's, it's just what I love to, to talk about and love to do. So yeah, thank you. I appreciate you, you know, asking that. Justin, you touched on joining the Broncos at a time when they had a star-studded defense and obviously following in the footsteps of great safeties, John Lynch, uh, Brian Dawkins, players like that. But is there any other safeties in the league at the moment that you, I suppose, look from afar and kind of admire? And then when you were joining the league itself, was there any players that you aspired to be like, any safeties that you felt you were similar in your play against how they play today? Oh, man, yeah, we could talk about safety play. I feel like all day long, um, you know, in terms of like guys that I looked up to, um, you know, growing up, I'd say one of the, the one of my favorite players um, was Brian Dawkins. And I love just watching how like passionate, you know, he was, you know, about about the game and how he just approached it. Right. And I say, uh, um, you know, a guy that um, I've watched, you know, very similarly, Ed Reed and just how passionate he was and how um, you know, he was just so like, his mentality was just so about go getting the football, you know, very similar to, you know, guys like Charles Woodson as well, like just football production, like that's all it is. That's all, you know, and, and watching them and their knack for the game, um, you know, and then as I was, as I was, as I was transitioning from almost like, you know, college to the league, um, Eric Weddle's another guy that I just felt, I just feel like, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say underrated, but maybe underappreciated in terms of his uh, skill set and what he brought to the game and how productive he was um, at, at every single year in terms of what, you know, what he brought in, what he produced, his value um, for film knowledge on the team. And so those are some of the guys that, you know, I love to watch. And then in today's game, 
Um, I mean, I could just like, I feel like I could have my pick, right? Like it seems like every team, there's like a top safety, you know, you could argue that is, you know, what they do for their team and around the league. And that's what makes them, you know, one of the best at what they do. And, you know, guys like Eddie Jackson, um, Tyron Matthew, you know, Minka, Fitzpatrick, um, you know, Buda Baker. Uh, there's just, I mean, I, I feel like I could talk on and on and on from a list of perspective of like playing safety, knowing what's being asked and then watching them execute and not only execute their job, but setting up, you know, their teammates to make sure that uh, their team defensively is doing, you know, the best that they can do um, on the field. And so um, it feels like every week, you know, when I'm watching film, I, I always have a good safety to watch and like learn from and, and pick up cues from. And so, uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't know if there's, um, you know, any, any, I guess, like specific one guy, but just like the multitude of guys, like I said, you know, seeing the game transition to the value at safety, I think there's multitude of guys that like, I, I just like watch and like, almost like look up to and like learn from, you know, from a weekend week out basis and, um, and not to, and I, obviously not to mention um, Kareem being, you know, one of the biggest assets for me I mean the fact that selfishly so happy he's back because yeah I know how important it is to have you know someone like him um you know right across from me and um it's like an it's almost like an uh, an extension of myself like I don't even have to worry about what he's saying or or doing I know he's a step ahead of me and and I think you know vice versa so you know having someone like Kareem too at at my disposal you know from a not even, you know, from a football perspective, but just like a brotherhood that we've established, you know, it's just, it's just been great. Um, Justin, we've been fortunate enough to talk to some great coaches, in, including Wade Phillips back in the day as well. But I, I kind of listening to you, I almost want to just have X's and O's about safety play with you and safety film to watch <laughs> with you listening to it. It's fantastic. Um, one final question though, Justin, look, uh, you know, obviously, end of this month, the draft is coming up and it's prominent on fans' minds everywhere around the place. Now, don't worry, I'm not going to ask you to play amateur GM. We know George Patton has Denver more than covered on that. But just in the tradition, really, of game recognizing game, I'm kind of wondering, are there any players you've seen in the college game, whether at safety or other positions, that you are, you know, excited and looking forward to them coming into the NFL and showing their potential? Um, I wouldn't, I don't know if there's any uh, specific players that like I've, you know, that I've kind of watched and, um, you know, just really looking at like, oh, where are they going to end up? I know in the first couple of years in the league, that was where I was at because especially when I was watching, um, you know, my alma mater play because a lot of those guys like I just grinded out with for the, you know, previous three years, two years, whatever it is. And so, you know, guys like you know, John Johnson, you know, who's now with the Browns or Isaac, who's, you know, with the Giants, like watching them and all year long and like, oh, you know, I, I used to be really into it. Like, oh, they could go here, you know, a corner's here and, you know, this team, I need a safety. So he might go here in the second round. And, you know, so um, I used to be really into it. And for the past couple of years, um, I've really just been like, uh, I wouldn't, not a fan because I know there are fans that like do mock drafts every day and I definitely don't I don't do like my own mock drafts but um really just like I like to just like watch and and just be almost like at the like the the surprise of it all and so 
Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that there's any one player that I watch. I definitely do appreciate, like, when you're watching the playoffs, like, I appreciated watching, um, you know, good secondary play, right? Like, guys like, um, you know, Sertain at, at Alabama, I think he, you know, he's just a heck of an athlete. Um, you know, there's there's guys like uh, Marco Wilson, who is just, a, I mean, a, a, a stud player. I've done, uh, you know, drills and workouts with his with his dad. Um, and uh, he's just an amazing coach. And I was just like, you know, and then just as like a, almost like as a family friend, you know, watching his combine stuff. Um, I mean, he put up ridiculous numbers, um, you know, for a corner and you talk about athleticism and, and speed and strength and all that stuff. It was just, it was just crazy. So th that's the type of stuff that, you know, like I love watching almost like the process and, um, and, you know, there are a couple of guys that, you know, like, I may have on my on my radar in terms of like, you know, really wanting to see like where they go, where they end up, what system they might fit into and things of that nature. But um, yeah, I don't think, you know, specifically any any anything or any one specific, especially from a from a Broncos perspective, um, oh, no. I haven't really paid much, much to. No, fair enough. But I mean, there might be a few new first round quarterbacks for you to pick off next season as well. So um, that might be yeah. interesting. Hey, there we go. That's always that's always something, you know, breaking down, breaking down uh, film at the college the college level <laughs> of uh, who we might go up against. That'd be great. Justin, I think it speaks uh, a lot about yourself when you've just been chatting away for nearly 40 minutes. We, we, we massively appreciate your time. I know me and Colin will definitely wish you the very best of luck this season as Broncos fans, but uh, I think I think we all would. And you're more than welcome to come on the show anytime. Very, very best luck in this hopefully more normal offseason and uh, the best luck in the AFC West going forward. Yeah, thank you guys once again so much for, for having me on. Um, I'm glad we got this worked out. Um, my mom was on top of me, uh, Colin, so, you know, she, <laughs> she made sure she called me every 30 minutes today, making sure I knew, uh, made sure I knew I was getting on because I can't. You know, I, I plan so much that I just forget what I got going on. So, nah, I just am so thankful. Thank you guys for having me, man. I really had a blast.